Okay, everyone, thanks for coming back to the Maverick of Marketing Radio. This is your host, Shannon Maverick, and I am so excited to have joined with me on this episode two guests today. Normally, it's just one, but we are lucky enough to have a double dose of thought leadership from Tim Garbutt and Hillary Chase, the Director of Corporate Marketing and Communications and Digital Marketing Manager for an amazing construction company called Flintco. Tim and Hillary, thanks so much for being here this morning. How are you doing? Well, we're Good. doing great. Thanks, Thanks for, having, for having, us. having us. Wow, you said that in unison. It's almost like you guys work <laughs> together closely. <laughs> um, yeah, excited to have you on uh, Maverick of Marketing this morning as we're kind of chatting about off air. You have a really interesting approach, and Maverick of Marketing Herd is made up of a lot of different marketing verticals, a lot of different marketers in different industries. So, for those who aren't all too familiar, we're going to be talking about the idea of lean principles in construction, but y'all have actually taken those principles and applied them to your marketing strategy. So for those listeners who might be all unfamiliar with lean principle, like I kind of was before the show, would you mind kind of explaining the idea of lean principles and its traditional application in the construction space? So lean really was introduced um, in the 70s, as I understand it, uh, by the Japanese at uh, Toyota, uh, the car manufacturing company, um, really in an effort to um, increase their efficiency in the manufacturing process. So historically, lean was really applied to manufacturing. Um, probably 15 years ago, the construction industry uh, thought that it could apply to what we do and introduced it into construction with very um, like uneven results, I would say. Um, it wasn't applied uh, consistently. There wasn't uh, a real commitment made in many instances. And the results were less than stellar. Um, and so in 2016, our leadership decided that um, lean was something that we wanted to take another look at and made a commitment to uh, apply the principles of lean, which in essence, it's about, for us, it's about continuous improvement and respect for others. That's how we uh, apply lean to construction. Um, and it's about looking at processes to make them more efficient, better communication, um, pulling information from partners versus pushing information uh, to partners is sort of a, a, a basic tenant as well. And so, um, but if you think about lean as just being efficient, um, you can apply the mindset, the, the philosophy to really everything that you do on a daily basis, regardless of what department sure. you're in in the company. So for marketing, it was about looking for ways that we could eliminate repetitive tasks or maybe not eliminate them, but make them more efficient. Uh, through a series of integrations, uh, technology integrations, and um, just looking for ways to, you know, leverage um, different applications to make some of the things that we're we are getting hung up on uh, more okay. efficient. Interesting. So it's all about really just streamlining a process. It sounds like, 
And you kind of already answered it, but what was there kind of a, a pivotal moment that made you say, hmm, maybe we should think about applying these principles that are kind of uh, applicable to our entire company and adapt them to fit into making our marketing that much more efficient. So was there kind of that defining moment that caused that? And how have y'all kind of adapted those principles to fit specifically into marketing? Uh Peter Kosick in our year-end review, uh, after we were done, where we have an all-company call, everybody's on the line, and we're talking about um, our past successes from the previous year and our outlook for the upcoming year, specifically challenged the marketing department to look for ways to apply what had now become, at that time, um, a, a foundational initiative of Linco, which is Lean 2.0. We, we called it Lean 2.0 because we've taken a different approach to Lean. And so he challenged, challenged me, challenged our department to become more efficient and look for ways to apply Lean. That was the moment that it really sort of struck me as something that we could do. And not really knowing much about Lean at that time, other than you know just sort of a surface understanding of it, knowing that what we were doing as a company, helping with that initiative, it really is an intuitive sort of mindset. When you step back and you look at what you do every day, you can quickly identify things that are um, less than efficient and maybe repetitive that could be streamlined. Mm -hmm. So we, we identified several that we went and uh, attacked. And um, Hillary, you might want to start by talking about the, you know, the integration between <clears throat> Open Asset and Cosential. Yeah, so ultimately data we found was the driver for all of these processes. Um, you know, data was involved in each of each step of the process and we were utilizing different platforms to collect and present that data. So I remember Tim mentioning in the beginning of this process of us becoming more lean um, was that if we could access and present our data more effectively, it would be a differentiator for our team. So that's kind of where we set our basis was how do we make the processes around our data more efficient? Um, so with that being said, we integrated our CRM, which is Cosential, and our DAM, which is our digital asset manager, which is open asset. Mm -hmm. So we integrated those two um, to have, you know, our project data and our project imagery, which are always used um, in unison, having those live on the same platform. Um, updated once and it's across both platforms so there's not that lag um, of when to update and if the update is transferred that kind of thing. Cool so it's really all about efficiency but going back to just understanding the data and putting processes in place that really communicate that data so you can build on um, future processes that are more efficient so it sounds like data really drives your everyday in marketing. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and just to add on what uh, Hillary was saying, and, and the real once the integration was done, which we can talk about that as something that was a little bit more challenging than we had anticipated. But once we had, um, you know, finished that integration, what it allowed us to do was generate uh, resumes and project sheets on demand through a module that Open Asset had introduced mm -hmm. um, last year. It turns out we were the first company at Open Asset um, to integrate Cosential with their platform. And we didn't realize that until we were deep into the process. And that <laughs> answered a lot of questions as to why we were having 
such difficulty making that happen. But we did sure we did get it done, and and so that on demand resume uh, and project sheet builder really was a, has been a game changer in how we um, finish proposals because every proposal that we do we respond daily to RFPs and RFQs in our business and every one of them includes uh, a request for resumes and project sheets and it, it was very cumbersome to uh, produce those and this process now has turned what could be several hours into you know several minutes literally it's been that dramatic and for an industry that's growing that fast being able to respond with the correct data and the appropriate data to an owner um, or a prospective client that fast is really meaningful yeah Everything's about automation. I think 2020 is just going to be, we've taken the idea of instant gratification and really just brought it into the commercial space. The way that buyers and just consumers in general expect, like you're saying, to get information, whether it be from a vendor, from a uh, uh, e-commerce purchase, they want it now. And so automation in every aspect of business is going to be huge. So it sounds like y'all were really game changers in these integrations and adaptations that you did to your platforms. Um, I assume you guys have a pretty large team that you're working with. Is Was it an easy transition to adapt these lean principles into your kind of plan? Or what were some of the initial surprises, whether they be good or bad, that you saw from, I guess, a year ago now taking on this new uh, adaptation? Um, I think one of the, the biggest surprises was that although lean principles are simplistic in nature, actually implementing them is much more complex. Um, so, you know, having all of these integrations across all of our workflow that affect, you know, the eight offices across the country that we have, it, it got really complex. Um, you know, there was calls with multiple third-party vendors and trying to get everyone on the same page of how are we going to transfer this data in the most appropriate fashion and having it um, really intuitive for the rest of our team to use that data. So I think it became really complex really fast and we, you know, got down into the deep ends of how to code versus how does it look on the user side. Um, so all of that really played a part into just this approach that we were trying to make be more lean um, when in fact it took a long way to get there. Right. The team is the beneficiary of what we've integrated with our data. And one of the, the byproducts of what we're doing is is addressing the work-life balance question that everybody has, I think, to deal with. Um, in construction marketing, there's a lot of deadlines. It's deadline-driven. There's um, a lot of pressure to turn out uh, proposals consistently. And a lot of times, those projects aren't getting done between eight and five. And what we are seeing is the integrations that we've developed um, and the improved efficiency are really um, having an impact on the work-life balance of our team. So that's what I think is, is most significant. That's incredible. You don't think about that, but I mean, all the different projects that I'm sure at one point, like you're saying, were so cumbersome because everything requires those resumes, requires kind of that paperwork to get done you've now kind of streamlined that into a really easy way for them to be everyone, A, to operate on the same wavelength, but B, you wouldn't necessarily think that 
by automating and simplifying a process, it gives, like you were saying, your team those extra hours to kind of focus on different initiatives or new competencies instead of just kind of trudging through the the nitty gritty of getting one particular project done. So I was going to ask what kind of some of the biggest benefits that you had seen from adapting this is, but I would say that's probably the biggest of all is being kind of a hero to your team and giving them a, a structure that allows them to focus on other avenues. Yeah. Are there any other benefits that you'd like to touch on? Well, yeah, I think the premise that we we started with was that, you know, integrating Open Asset and Coast Central, um, upgrading our website to allow it to talk to um, Open Asset, which allows us now to, you know, create um, brochures on demand as well. Um, cool. It, it allows us to become more efficient at what we do so we can produce more product. The quality improves and presumably it leads to winning more work. And so those are the three things that we're really driving everything that we're doing. Um, and so that's a, another significant byproduct. Um, and the data is backing it up. I mean, we're, we're producing more proposals and we're winning more work. And so even in the short time that we've had these integrations in place, um, I'm sensing a shift uh, in in all three, the quality, the efficiency, and the hit rate. So it, I think it's working. And from a Wonderful. marketing standpoint, I think the brand consistency has been a big driver for us um, with us being so spread out and a large, diverse team. Um, we've had you know issues with brand consistency. So bringing in this automation and these templates where we're all using the same tools has really helped that message. I was going to say, you mentioned earlier that you have something like eight offices across um, the country. So I'm sure it was, it's interesting and innovative that you've adapted this strategy, but having that many uh, geographic responsibilities probably in the future would require something like this come into play in order, like you're saying, to keep the brand messaging um simplified and unified. So yeah, that that's an amazing benefit. And now do both of y'all come from construction backgrounds? And if not, do you see, because lean principle is something that's like you're saying came from the manufacturing space, is in the construction space. Do you see this type of structure, this type of principle being applicable to marketing programs in many industries? Or do you think it's something that I guess is staying kind of in that core group. So I am from the architecture, engineering, construction industry, um, but I do think that the lean initiatives can go across industries. Um, everyone, you know, uses data and marketing. Everyone has specific processes in place with their team, and the whole idea is really just to improve those processes and make them more efficient. In in result, having respect for others on your team, um, you know, with more creative outlets, more time for work-life balance, like Tim was mentioning. So I do think it goes across and it's not just limited to manufacturing or construction. Yeah, I would agree with cool. that. I mean, I come from a sort of a liberal arts background and, and um, journalism and really came to the construction industry, um, you know, out of necessity, needed, needed, to do, needed some work. And so, um, you know, 15 years later, here we are. Um, really leading um, what I think is um, a, a real innovative, game-changing sort of approach to construction marketing, and we've been touching on you know several several you know aspects of that. 
primarily it's about integration, integrating technology. Um, so there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, you never know. 2020 is the year. It's a new decade. It's a new era. Maybe we'll be seeing lean principles applied to number of different marketing strategies, SaaS, retail. Right. And one thing else I wanted to add there, um, it, it's really lean is a discipline and it's really a practice just like yoga or meditation or working out or whatever your lifestyle is. You have mm -hmm. to practice it. You have to be intentional about it. And there's no magic to applying it to any business or even in your personal life, you know, look for ways to increase the things that provide you more uh, benefit, whether it's, you know, your personal life or your, your work life and look for ways to decrease those things that are draining energy for you. That's sort of a way to look at it. Um, it's not complicated as Hillary mentioned in essence, but in yeah. practice it is quite difficult. As are all good things. And I like the, I like the idea right. of thinking it as a discipline. It's easy to talk about, but it's another thing to build that those principles and to build that framework to to make everything run like a smooth engine. So, I like that that way of thinking. That's that's great. And Yeah, it's definitely a mindset. Yeah. Awesome. Well, who knows? We're going to be start seeing a, a lot more of that throughout different verticals. And from your backgrounds, um Throughout your career in marketing, it seems like you both have quite an interesting background. Is there one person in particular or someone that has really made an impact on both of y'all's careers that you'd like to give a little bit of a shout out to? Someone you want to name as a fellow maverick of the marketing? Well, I can, I can jump in on that. Um, I have an older brother who is a owner and president of a, um, a large uh, furniture chain in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I've always looked up to him and, and haven't really worked with him per se, but have followed his career over the years. And he's very innovative in his approach to selling furniture. Um, the packages that he's put together, the promotions that he's put together, the way to finance furniture, the way to drive traffic through the store. Um, he's always been someone who is really forward thinking um, how he incorporates, you know, a simple jingle, um, turning a <laughs> jingle um, that he developed probably five years ago uh, to sell furniture. It was so popular that local um, high school bands were picking it up and performing no the song. Um, the University of Wisconsin Madison Band uh, performed this jingle. And he's done several iterations of it, and it's become sort of a, a a real recognizable part of his brand. And he's been someone who has been very inspiring to me. So I would I would point to my brother Bob. Oh, that's great! Keep it in the family. I love. I don't think we've had <laughs> someone shout out a family member so far because I. Well, there you go. That's amazing. How cool that you both can reflect on the success that each other has had. And I'm going to have to do some digging to find this jingle, unless you would like to entertain us with giving us a little <laughs> taste of it. <laughs> well, I can, I'll send you the link to it. It's pretty, basically it's called Step Up. Okay. You know, and his whole thing was step up to quality, you know, and get rid of your old furniture and step up to quality. But he's, there's several iterations of this jingle now. 
he goes to Nashville regularly and records with professional musicians and it's quite an operation. Um, and it's been really, really successful as well. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll forward you a link to it and you can, uh, you can see for yourself. Please. Everyone will have to see if we can attach that in the written portion below the player that you're looking at, um, whenever you're listening. So we'll have to see if we can embed that link so we can all hear about this, this famous jingle. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Hillary, do you have anyone you would like to give a little bit of a, a mention to? I'm definitely not as creative as an answer as Tim's. Um, <laughs> But I'm, I'm relatively early in my career, so I don't know if I have a specific individual, but I think the team that we work with now, um, so everyone in our local offices and on our corporate team, we all just come from such different backgrounds from our education, pre- previous experience, but yet we all have such um, unique approaches to how we're winning work and how you know we're driving all of these processes. So I think all of us working together is pretty inspiring um, from different areas of the country, different backgrounds, different education interests, but kind of one goal is to continue driving Flintco forward. Wow. Y'all both have some awesome people that you're bringing into the Maverick herd. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Really, the people you work with every day, I mean, you spend more time with the people that you work with than your family. I mean, in most cases, especially in your industry, like you're saying, the it's not a typical eight to five if you're working on these projects. So I love that you, you gain inspiration from your fellow colleagues. That speaks volumes to the team that you work with, that you're going to mention them. Yeah, well, right. And definitely. To ex- to expand on that a little bit too, I mean, I think we're really lucky at Flintco to have the resources and the direction from our leadership to go out and become better at what we do. It's, it's you know, we hold each other accountable here. We have an ethos that drives how we um, do our business. Um, you know, one of the tenants is mediocrity is unacceptable. That's a favorite one for people. <laughs> yeah. It's part of our ethos, but it really speaks to, you know, the drive that we all share to be the best that we can be and continuous improvement. Again, continuous improvement, respect for others. Our, our approach to lean really drives the whole organization. And so it's, it's fun to be a part of an organization that has the mindset, has the drive, um, encourages innovation, um, supports uh, new approaches to business. That's not always the case. And so Hillary and I were talking prior to this that we, we do feel lucky to be a part of an organization that does support what we do and encourages more of it. So that's that's a really good thing. Yeah. That's incredible. And you kind of beat me to it, but with all the awesome team members and like you're saying, um, staying true to staying innovative and honing your craft, there's got to be some exciting things that we can look to see from Flint Co. in 2020. Uh, would you love to kind of highlight anything that you're really excited about for the new year? Well, I mean, there, there might not sound too, this isn't too sexy, if you will. I mean, <laughs> so we're, you know, we're, we're introducing a new, um, automated proposal template. We're excited about that. Okay. We're reorganizing our file structure. I'm super excited about that. I mean, when you join a new organization, you inherit a file structure from the previous uh, folks that were in your position Sure. and you're on a moving train. And so you can never stop to uh, organize files, make them more logical, and they just keep building on each other. And, And pretty soon you have a big mess. And so it's hard to find information. So we've now got an initiative underway. We're making headway on restructuring our files. 
we're looking at a way to become more intentional about capturing data regarding our projects during the closeout phase. That's another initiative that we're really excited about. We're focusing on infographics to help tell our story uh, more succinctly. Sometimes, you know, marketers become sort of verbose in their uh, response to questions, and we're really focusing on that quite a bit. Um, you know, we're really excited about the integration, again, back to the integrations between our website and our open asset platform, which is allowing us to, you know, create um, brochures on demand, which is a, a huge step in um, eliminating a pinch point with, um, you know, our business development folks and our marketing team with, with respect to, you know, generating marketing collateral. We're essentially doing that on demand now as well. Um, wow. We integrated a, um, or excuse me, we um, uh, launched a, a swag store. Again, nothing new. There's dedicated <laughs> dedicated sites for offering branded, you know, company material. Um, but again, it, it eliminated the need for a middleman to go, you know, get a baseball hat with the Flintco logo on it. We've got a dedicated store sure. now. So, those are all things that we've done here in the last 18 months, in addition to relaunching the website, the new uh, brand refresh, new color palette. Um, we've jumped into the podcast game big with market scale. We're excited about continuing that, um, that <laughs> relationship. So it's, it's pretty exciting times here at Finco for 2020, no doubt. I was going to say, you said none of, you said it's not very sexy. I think that all sounds very sexy. I think. Okay, well, good. <laughs> I think you guys <laughs> I are. Mean, file structures, you know, I mean, that, does, that sounds sort of boring, you know, but. Uh... <laughs> hey, I think everything that we've talked about today really just goes back to the idea of simplifying, automating, and integrating. And the best businesses in the world still struggle with doing that. So it just seems like y'all are really revolutionizing the idea. You kept saying construction marketing. I think that's a whole new uh, vertical that it seems like y'all are really charging ahead of and being the maverick, if you will, for. So all sound very exciting for 2020. It sounds like Flint Co. is going to be having a very, very successful year with very streamlined processes. So thanks for sharing that, y'all. And being that it is right before the holidays, we are now stepping into the Christmas trivia portion of the show today. <laughs> y'all happen to be um, the guests right before the holidays. So we've got some fun trivia questions that I would love to, to ask you. So the first being, um, so the movie, The Miracle on 34th Street, is based on a real department store. Which store is it actually based on? I'm going with Macy's. Okay, Hillary. Oh, I answer too. Um, I'm going to follow Tim and say Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You are correct. It is based on Macy's. When I was doing some research on these questions, I was like, wait a second. I never, I never thought about that. But Macy's is just kind of that iconic store that you think about. Um, and Miracle on 34th Street is one of the most iconic Christmas movies. So those two go hand in hand. Um, here's a fun one based around advertising and marketing, uh, so it fits for the show. What's the first company to use Santa Claus in their advertising campaigns? Is it Coca-Cola? That's what I was thinking of, too, okay. Coca-Cola. 
y'all must be some Christmas quiz experts because that is right. It <laughs> is <right>. Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, again, I guess it's just goes with their iconic red coloring. And um, I, they always release the Christmas cans every year with Santa Claus on it. So makes sense. I, I didn't even think about um, putting that into kind of a commercial application. So Santa Claus it is, Coca-Cola. So this is kind of one that I when I was looking at a little bit of harder questions, because I figured y'all would be very well-versed in Christmas knowledge, um, I had no idea about. But uh, what well-known Christmas carol became the first song ever to be broadcasted from space in 1965? Mm. Oh. Yep. You're stumping me on that one. Yeah, that one, I don't know. <laughs> I had to dig a hard one up, uh, but it was actually just the iconic Christmas song, Jingle Bells. So I guess it was broadcasted on one of the um, the uh, satellite launches up in space in 1965. So I thought that was pretty cool that they chose kind of an iconic Christmas song. Uh, and finally, a little bit easier and more fun question. Can both of you name all of Santa's reindeer? Dasher, Dancer. Cupid, Vixen, Comet, Rudolph. Oh man, I'm all out of order now. You missed Prancer. So Prancer. <laughs> ah, is that all? There you go. Tim <laughs> saved you. <laughs> yep. So Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Blitzen. Donner, Blitzen. Oh. And Rudolph. I don't know why I just want to jump into like <laughs> right. singing it whenever I do it that way because it just helps you kind of like the ABCs. You just naturally start singing it. Um, <laughs> well, great job. Applause. I'm here applauding y'all. Um, you did so well on the Christmas trivia quiz and also on just sharing your awesome thought leadership on the idea of lean and applying it to marketing. I think it definitely is something that's going to set you up for a very, very successful 2020. And I wouldn't be surprised if more companies like we were talking about and other verticals really start using that same idea. So um, Tim and Hillary, thank you so much for being on uh, Maverick of Marketing today and can't wait to talk with you again soon in the future. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Shannon. having us. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas to one and all. There you go. <laughs> and for all those that are listening, I hope you have a happy holiday season. And as always, you know the drill. Mavericks just don't run with the herd. <laughs>